Hi, I'm Henrietta Ricks. And I'm Orna McCluskey, and we are the founders of Rixo. We started Rixo over five years ago from our university living room, and it's been such a journey since. With no outside funding or investment, we've made every decision together and still control 100% of the business. This has allowed us to keep the brand to its core values, and we've had some serious highs, lows, and a lot of laughs along the way. We decided to start the podcast so that we could take you behind the scenes and share the more intimate moments that you don't see on Instagram or read about in the press. We hope the podcast will inspire any budding entrepreneurs out there to take a first step, keep going and never look back. This podcast is sponsored by Space NK. Space NK is the go-to destination for worldwide beauty discovery, creating the world's most in-demand brands like Charlotte Tilbury, Drunk Elephant and NARS with the icons of the future. Whether you visit Space NK online or in-store, their beauty advisors are devoted to offering well-informed, unbiased beauty advice and product recommendations tailored to each and every customer. Thanks so much for joining us on our journey through Rixo and for getting to our final episode. To celebrate this episode, we thought it would be fun to give you all three tips or pieces of advice and three tricks that have kept us savvy along the way that we ultimately wish that we knew when we first started. For anyone that's listening to the podcast, Layla is going to be um, interviewing both Ola and I for this as we chat along. And Layla is part of our community and in the Rixo team. I've somehow been ripped into this, but I think it's going to be really fun. <laughs> Seems really worthy you're interviewing us. <laughs> but it'll be good. At least it's someone we know. I can imagine that everyone listening to this podcast would love the chance to sit down with you and rack your brains about how you've started this journey, how you've got to where you are, and just kind of reap the rewards of listening to you give advice and tips and tricks. Yeah, we'd, we'd definitely have loved this, I think, if we were starting off. I think because when we started off, which is probably going to be similar to anyone else who's starting off, um, especially because of COVID, people want to go down different journeys. You really, at the start, have you have so many dreams and aspirations and you're so passionate, but you don't really know exactly how it's going to plan out. So we would have loved, loved to have heard from anyone that we thought um, was successful, how they got to where they got to. I agree. I think where we should start is the three pieces of advice that you would give your former self or to anyone else starting off their journey five years say, ago. Three isn't even that much. <laughs> so many things I wish that we could write down. We can do more if you want. Oh, we can no, go for as many. We've got three. We've got three each. I think for me, it's probably when you're first starting something out is to really ask yourself like why you're doing it and what you're doing it for. Because it isn't something that you can just put down after you nine to five and then it goes. Like it really does when you're setting up your own thing. It becomes your whole life at least like the first three years were really difficult like we hadn't I mean literally wasn't an hour outside the day the the awake day that we weren't thinking about Rick so like we had no other responsibilities so we didn't have partners or boyfriends or kids or mortgages we were still fresh out of university we had a little bit of experience and we just thought let's just go for it and I think if we weren't living together and we had other commitments it would have been so difficult so I think to really think why are you doing this and what you want to get out of it and because it is it takes it does take over your life and what you're passionate about like when we first started we tried to rack our brains on like what we were going to do the brand what exactly <laughs> could it look like and we had like all this advice from people like oh well body cons are selling really well at the minute like it's flying out in Dubai and we, and we actually were like should we should we start doing body cons no we we're like researching the Dubai market yeah. thinking oh we'll do body cons <laughs> someone's got a supplier that can do body cons but actually it needs to be something that you're really passionate about and you believe in and I think like as much as like the numbers driving has to make a business has to make money like or else it's not even a business you have to really believe in what you're doing like you have to have like conviction with like your vision and what you're doing so 
do something that you actually love as well. I think that's like half the battle when you're like a self-starter. What was the point that you said, okay, it's Rick's so vintage, this is what we're going with? Thank God you didn't go for body contrasts, by the way. Oh, <laughs> by the way. I think it was just naturally what we both loved. Like, I think there was no one else, even just when Ola and I first became friends during university, like, we both had the same eye. We'd both be excited to research and go to vintage fairs and find things, even if it was just charity shops. And we both would find things and be like, oh my God, we love that. So it was just like our passion like you either have it or you don't like even today if all and I are at vintage fair together we'd literally just be like oh my god that my is our dream like two, my pies off scurrying around so we are just coming back telling stories about everything we've got <laughs> so we do just love it and I think you've really got to be completely passionate about it and that's that's what our passion was and it obviously kind of it kind of steered us in the right direction thank god Ola what was your first bit of advice I mean one of the things I think that helped us massively is like always ask why <laughs> so like literally like it was always drummed into me at a really young age like my dad literally used to make me like question everything and not just like someone gives you an answer just go oh okay it's like find out why find out if there's a way that you could work around it like what's the what's in like stopping something happening is there a way you can change like really get to the detail of stuff so I think like with everything we done like we were very inquisitive and then we'd almost come up with solutions by just being really inquisitive for stuff and I think if people do say no straight away, I think that's the reason why you're doing something different is because you've got a different idea and you want to go about it in a different way. So I think at the start, if someone would say, like, all of would just be absolutely hilarious, she'd be like, but why? But why? And we'd always <laughs> be laughing our heads off until... It, and then the, the people you were asking that to, if it was suppliers or anyone, like, why something's not possible, they would then actually second guess themselves and be like, actually, maybe it is possible. So trust yourself and always do question because the reason you're questioning is because it probably hasn't been done before. And as well, too, like, you're not... I think when you're trying to share ideas like building a brand a lot of the time you've got to listen to what someone's point of view is and then like figure out why they're thinking it and then you then they might presume that you you don't want something or something has to be a certain way so if it was like really anything even if it was down to like production and then you know a factor so we can't do it like that and so why well because you want it like this and we said well actually we can work around that bit if we do it like it's almost like can be very collaborative by asking so that you kind of like it's not about trying to push back for the sake of it. It's really just to then find and you're the one that suggests a solution. I also think that people love talking, not love talking about what they're good at, but people have so much knowledge of the trade that they're like, 100%, yeah. specifically talking about. So asking those why questions, it's always good to dig with the people yeah. that have that knowledge. Like I think that's why like in terms of the supplier side, like we're so close to them because like you fully really understand the process. Like there's never really a time if we try and like do development and it doesn't work out like the fabric doesn't work out properly like we don't learn something from it so we'd always ask like why certain things aren't possible or and it's almost like you understand how to do things better the next time because you understand the factory setup and what how things move around the factory and what what impacts other kind of stakeholders so I think it's that it does help you work more collaboratively as well by understanding everyone's point of view yeah I completely agree um Henrietta what is your second piece of advice Second piece, which I think Ola and I both agree with, and we always say this, and you've probably heard people say it before, but just to really trust your gut. Like, there's an instinct in you for a reason, and you just know when something feels right or it doesn't. You can just, it's just such an instinctive thing to even just put both of us, like, one look, and I'll just know exactly what Ola's thinking, or vice versa. Like, if we're in, like, a meeting together or something, just doesn't feel quite right. And it's normally when something doesn't feel right that you look back and you think, 
we knew deep down it didn't feel right and that's where kind of your mistakes come from so you can be pulled I think when you first start especially if you're similar to Ola and I you have no experience you're probably young like I think people then think oh they've got no experience they're not aware and stuff and then you can sometimes doubt yourself and especially if you're setting something up on your own whereas Ola and I are lucky we had each other to really be like actually no do you know what we believe in this we're going to go for it so I think if you don't have a business partner it's even more more like kind of important just to really trust your gut and be like the reason I'm doing this is because you feel passionate about it and there actually is like a genuine feeling that you feel about something that actually really leads on to my next kind of piece of advice it was about don't underestimate your opinion and I think because we obviously were very young when we set up Rick so we didn't have like even my family were saying oh like would you need more experience because that's normally the normal route but I think because we we didn't put heavy investment like we were able to kind of like feel and feel quick um and I think having our own opinions actually is what made us different so I think if we were to do the same as everyone else we wouldn't really have our own point of view so I think the fact that like we kind of overseen like every decision whether that was wholesale like direction how we wanted our website to look the styling I think our opinion um on growing the brand like was very transparent throughout like keeping the DNA to where it is even today like five six years later um and I think as if you're a bit young or you've not been in the industry years I think that's something a lot of people struggle with like almost it's that like it's that feeling of like imposter syndrome where it's like you don't really feel like your opinion really matters and maybe a scenario where you're the youngest and not the one that's oldest in the industry um, and we learned that we learned that very early on with you know like investors and people like that pushing us in they'd say things to us that we'd be going oh, I didn't you know should we really be worrying about that and it's like it can almost like divert your energy away from what you really are focused on and I think it was a really good lesson to learn that actually our opinion is very like invaluable to like Rex's growth and like where we keep it going. Can you pinpoint a moment where that trusting your gut and trusting your opinion has been most effective over the five years? A big bit of a big question, but there must yeah, I feel like there's some perhaps <laughs> yeah. one that stands out that In all honesty, there's probably there was I think when we first started the brand within like our first year or two years, we were beginning which was odd for us because we just thought we were just getting on with what we were doing and we were so busy with just running Rickset in the day to day of it that we didn't really think that investors or outside people would be interested or really paying attention to what Rickset was doing. We were approached by a couple of people, but there was one person that we were probably in more conversations with and I think when we look back at it now it's probably like we were getting more confused and wrapped up in certain elements um, yeah and I think when we made the decision that we didn't want to have an investor we were like oh we're making the biggest decision like the worst decision of our lives like do we need someone involved to like take us to the next step and we had huge self-doubt in ourselves at that time but I think probably having each other and having like quite strong like family and friends of horrendous as well like we actually just kind of made the decision together and I think we just were like let's just go with our gut on this one um and that was the first time I think it's like really came into play where I think thank goodness don't get me wrong there's times in the past where we've kind of went kind of convinced ourselves and certain times oh yeah maybe it's okay and then we're like oh we should just went with our gut on that one so I think that was like a big one um and it was a good lesson to learn early on and as long as you any kind of even if you make that mistake if you can learn from it just always try and think I think what does someone else want out of it because you've got to think they're coming to the party for something themselves so you've got to be quite like you've got to grow quite a thick skin as well I think when you when you're building a business because it becomes less about kind of 
what you're so passionate about on the hobby side of it and more to actually like okay we've got to protect the business we built up now even when it comes to like developing a team or developing the longevity of Rixo or where we see the brand going just so you don't deviate from the core values of why we actually set Rixo up so I think just staying true to yourself is important. I think it's something that everyone strives to do but often loses sight of like that gut instinct is so important for your everyday life as well as starting a business like that immediate instinct as well that feeling that we all know that we have but we don't often like put into play we ignore it or pretend that it's not that we want but it really does tell all doesn't it yeah and sometimes like sometimes you've even got feeling with something and then you learn more information like oh actually i know that that does make sense but it's like if you have a gut feeling it's like at least explore why you've got it yeah agree um henrietta what is your third piece of advice third piece is probably just because i know how eager we were when we were first starting off we'd want to meet as many people take advice from as many people as possible and like ask questions but I think you can ask the questions which is great soak up all the information but really only listen and take on board what you truly believe in because there's so many different people's opinions and almost you can have so many where it's like you become a bit clouded and you think god what should I actually listen to so I think I'd always like say obviously ask the question get as much information as you can but then only really take forward what you really believe in yeah like be selective in what like I even Definitely. this probably means nothing to a lot of people listening, but we um, implemented an ERP system. I sound so techy saying that. What does um, ERP stand for for everyone listening? ERP stands for I don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, it's the system, the back office of how Rick's run. Okay, ERP it's system. Finance do stock know. system. I'm sorry for everyone listening, but just okay. googled ERP system. It's enterprise resource planning. I is what it stands for. Yeah, I didn't actually know that, but that's what it stands for. But we um, decided quite, like, was it almost two years ago that we would get it in place? Mm-hmm. And I remember we went to a meeting, Henry, and they were like, are you mad? What are you doing? And we'd already invested so much money that I was like, we're going on, we're, we're keeping going with it because we put so much money into it. But they were like, you're crazy, you don't need that. And I was thinking, what are we, what are we doing? I think... But we had in our heads that we wanted to build Rixo for the longevity. Like for us, this isn't just a hobby. It's not like five years, that's it, great. We're kind of, we've done our thing. Like we see this bin absolutely massive. Don't worry, you're you're going to get dresses next year and follow. (laughs) (laughs) We're not going to leave you. (laughs) (laughs) So for us to kind of get this whole ERP system in was like a massive investment for the brand. Um, But yeah, thank goodness that like at that time they were like, oh, I just stop it all. don't get me wrong it's like good to like ask why and like oh what's your reasons and stuff but actually we just still went and actually it's been a massive improvement in our business so thank goodness like we can actually get to the point where we don't have like wrong orders going out and like the wrong sort kinds and all the rest so it has massively helped the business and I think it's going to like improve everyone's like job kind of satisfaction as well it's just going to help everyone so it's things like that like you like I said there's they're like big big decisions that you can take advice on people but obviously you've got to make the decision that's right for you as well at the same time. Ola what's your third and I'm not going to say final but your third piece of advice? <laughs> we'll probably just keep talking. I feel like Ola's probably um, got 12. <laughs> I think it's really good to like step back from being on autopilot there was a few years we just didn't really have like much of a team we were juggling so many things and you can just get into autopilot because you've just got such a to-do list that you're just like constantly like in the today that you don't get the time to like really focus on the future. So 
I mean, we'd done a lot of changes like years ago on um, kind of for wholesale structure and like what the product looked like. But there was at one point, like it kind of felt like the business was almost like running us and we weren't really the ones like leading the business. It was just like trying to keep up with the momentum of a really quick, fast growing business. And I think like taking ourselves like out of that like autopilot and actually just taking a step back to be like, why is it we've done this brand? Like, what do we really want from it? is really good like not just focusing on like what the seals were yesterday it's like thinking about what you really want to be um so I think like that's a really hard thing to do sometimes and that you've almost got to like consciously stop yourselves from it it's so true because you almost become like a hamster on a wheel like when do you jump off that wheel and think okay I'm actually going to look and step back so I think for both of all and I like you probably do especially when you first start off a business you just there's just so much to constantly do and you don't Mm. you don't stop so now I think it's like when you have a team and you can build a team up it's like right okay what does the next two three years look like for Rixo where do we want to go how do we get the team on board how do we then develop Rixo to where we want it to be now that we've been doing wholesale for a few years and growing a website and growing a team there's so many things that we could probably step back and go oh actually we could change that structure and even just like the calendar of when we like drop collections and stuff it's like just because you've done that the previous year doesn't mean you should just keep on doing it because it worked okay maybe it could be even greater in another way and I think that's something that I think me and Henry as leaders like really need to like keep doing um as like a big part of our job is like moving things forward not just doing how things used to be because in a sense then we become like an old business ourselves that we didn't want to be when we first started at Rixo. I don't want to be adding to your advice but something that I've picked up on that this could this could be helpful is that might tie into you standing back and also being able to look at what you've created and enjoy That's so true. rather than be yeah. on autopilot and you know what's next what are we creating like just that moment to you know go for lunch which you probably didn't yeah. get to do at the beginning of the years and say god that was a great meeting or that's really yeah. exciting i do yeah do you know what, we're probably our, like but any anybody that has their own business you're never looking at the things that are great about the business you're always looking like me and all i literally have a list of things that were like oh god that needs to change we need to do this we need to do that like we're constantly thinking about how we can evolve and adapt the business so i mean it is when you go home at christmas or your like birthdays or something and then you have like your mum's friends be like oh my god i'm like i can't believe it. can you believe it and i'm just like like, we've not even started yet. I'm like, we've got so much more I to think, do. Yeah, I think the bit that I love is, like, when we have our fashion week shows and, like, you've put so much effort into collection, you're, like, on complete autopilot. You're there, like, literally before everyone goes out, like, you're still sitting there pinning, like, trying to get everything put together. And then when you're, like, actually out and it's, like, all on stage so you can't go and start pinning and tucking or doing anything, it, I think, actually, that's a really nice time when you kind of, like, get to, like, step back and see something really kind of, like, play out and kind of come to fruition that you've put a lot of work into so in a sense like it is nice kind of step back and not just look at the things you can change but like appreciate how far you've come like I do I do think that about our team I think like if sometimes you just have to step back and go I can't believe like what we've built in terms of like the team and like the office and stuff like two three years ago I wouldn't even imagined how we'd done it I think I would have just been like so overwhelmed at the thought of it but it's taken day by day this might be putting in, putting you on the spot, but before we go on to um, business tricks, do we, either of you have a slogan that you live by? Like that advice I, slogan? I, I had one when I was oh, really drunk at a Christmas party. <laughs> you, wait, this is actually, this is really embarrassing, but it was at like, it was like our second year and like, we always got like completely pissed in like our Christmas parties. Like, we, we literally, me and Hen went to like Wilco's, right? Bought this like shot machine and basically it wasn't like, like basically it wasn't even like sophisticated. It was like spinning arrow and he ever the arrow, the arrow on, drank the drank a shot of vodka. 
This like, doesn't really sound like it's heading to a slogan, but I'm but interested anyway, to see. Anyway, I got that. really pissed on on the vod, <laughs> and, um, <laughs> on the vod, <laughs> and um, I can't. We we always do this. Like we start talking about work when we're like a bit drunk. We're like, <gasps> like chatting about what we could be doing and stuff. And <laughs> I said to someone, "Do you know what? Like, if it is physically humanly possible, just we'll just do it. If it's humanly possible, why can't we do it?" And everyone who's in and the team was to like, this day, I was dead like, serious, dead serious when I said it. And then the next one, I was like, "Oh my god, I just not just say that." <laughs> That's like, all this, all this slogan. If it's, is it human I don't actually use it. It only comes out like it's a bit of a joke. But um, I mean, it does make sense. But at the same time, um, we're not like we're not drilling it. It's not on the wall in the head right. office. <laughs> I was about to say it's not behind your bed in writing. <laughs> um, I don't think. I think this is a combination of things. Got, you've got an embarrassing one there. And oh, I probably do have an embarrassing one. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to think there. I don't think there's mm. one particular, like, we'd never be like, oh, this is a slogan. But I think it's just, like, just being yourself. Like, there's no egos in Rixo. Like, there's nothing There's nothing like that. I think just being yourself, you don't change really as a person. We're still exactly the same as we were when we were, like, 23, 25, setting the business up. And obviously we've grown up through Rixo. And it is such an, it's been such an amazing journey. And we've kind of grown up together, really, through Rixo and, like, Rixo has all like been pretty much our 20s like that has been like kind of those years i have one actually piece which isn't a drunken you've got another slogan not a drunken but i think we both agree with this one like where there's a will there's a way yeah definitely. like when we want to do something like we really do set our minds to do and just make it happen you just think if you've got something in your head you're like there's got to be a way to make it happen like someone would have said to us when we first started there's no way you'd have a team of 40 people ahead of us you'd be you know surviving through covid when all of the retail are just like having a really tough time i think we would have just been like oh my god like if this would have hit us two or three years ago and we were just setting up mm-hmm. it would have been disastrous but i think it's just like just remaining positive and i think like all i said where there is a will there's definitely a way and we're gonna we're gonna find the way <laughs> if we want to do something what's the space for them we're being always up trying to think of like really creative ways of like we're trying to do something we're like right what should the new angle be like how can we figure this one like how can we figure this one out and it's usually like very like non-conservative ways it's like something that's like totally random but actually can work so yeah that's her that would be your probably your model thanks guys love those We're going to get on to three business tricks now. So, Henrietta, what is your first business trick that you would tell your former self? I think I think we used to always be probably quite not ashamed. It's probably not the worst the word for it, but probably embarrassed. Like when we were first starting off, and we wanted to meet with press, meet with um, stylists, or even like wholesale buyers. We used to be like, "Oh, welcome to you, welcome to you." We're not in the office. Today. I think we actually probably said we're not in the office today. But then we were like, "Do you know?" Quite quickly, and it was probably like a month. Then we were like, "We can't. You can't keep up a pretense. We don't have an office. We're from the living room." And as soon as we kind of dropped that guard, and we were actually like, "Do you know what?" This is Rixo. It's all or an eye. That's literally all it was. And the living room. I think that's when we probably started to like build the trust and have all those face face to face relationships with people. So it'd be like the Harrods buy would come round and like literally that we'd give them a great cup of tea in the living room. We'd have our IKEA rails with the collection on, and they'd just buy from that. And we'd have a really open conversation. And then it was the same with like Netta Porter. The buyers would come round to the office, the the house, and the living room. And it was the same with like press and stylists. And I think we were just really real. And when we were when we were like that, it was probably like 
then those people in press or the buyers, they were like, do you know what? They know exactly what they're getting. They don't need the huge, big glass, all shining, singing and dancing showroom. They were quite happy just to to really believe in Rixo. So I think that's one thing that I would have, like, from the very start, I think, has really helped us. And we've still got those amazing relationships today. So, like, all the buyers from five years ago, like, all buyers move around, press move around. They still stay pretty much within the same industry. So those connections that we made literally from back in the day either in the living room or our first Paris wholesale markets like we still have those relationships today so I think like really being like the face of your brand at the start and making those genuine relationships is is probably the biggest trick for me I think. I think being the face of the brand is important because sometimes as a consumer I'll look at a brand and I won't know who the brand belongs to and you'll get so caught up in the branding aspect of it that you won't know that it's started by xyz so mm-hmm. i agree i think part of rick's of is knowing yeah, be, be in person be in person is a big thing because i think as you soon as there's a brand or a company or whatever like you forget there's someone behind it and i think like that's what really like most businesses done on personal relationships in some way or form yeah. so you've got to really like make sure that your business is is kind of relating to that in like every aspect whether that's like working with your team, like being really personal with them. Like most, I would say like most of, we obviously have our own teams that we kind of oversee, but like they're like our friends as well. They're not just like employees. Like it's almost like, I feel like we're like working in a, in another company during the day. Obviously we have our own things that we have to kind of strategize and oversee, but like day to day, it's very much like we're just one of the team, like getting things done, giving like leadership on stuff. But it is very collaborative. And I think as well, even just for like customers sometimes or whenever we before covid we used to be on like panel talks people would be like i had no idea you two were so young and like you set the business up and it was you and that was one of the reasons why we were like we really wanted to start this podcast to let people see a little bit behind the scenes what rickso is like literally it is all and i we set it up and just really being like open about that and like kind of like owning yeah. our story and sharing it Orla, what is your first business trick um, I actually um, stealing one of mine from someone else who gave it to me <laughs> quite recently, but I think it was really good. Um, and it's like, don't let perfect get in the way of progress. Oh, there's a slogan as well. It's yeah, a slogan. Yeah. <laughs> All has got a th- three slogans <laughs> for everyone. I'm not pissed right now. You coming out with all It's been on the VOD this morning. <laughs> say, it again, Ola, yeah, say, it? say it again, Ola. Say it again. Say it again. I am actually under pressure thinking about it. Um, it is a great one. We were both make, like... Don't let perfect get in the way of progress which is very true like there's so many things me and Henry like can get quite impatient with wanting to do but I do think you've got to really balance up like what's what's priority what resources have you got like you've got to really think about like your financial situation as well like there's times where something just isn't going to be perfect because you don't have the money and that's okay like it's better to do that than get yourself in debt where you don't want to spend the money and try and just make progress and like build up and a lot of the time you actually learn more about what you really want if you don't try and do everything perfect from day one. So even with our, I remember our website, we spent like £2,000, which was quite a small budget compared to like other people starting websites that were on like 15 and 20, like for our first bit, for our first website. But we really learned like what it is we wanted from the website. So in a sense, it wasn't like having to redevelop it at the same cost again. So I think, I think that, I think that like don't let perfect get in the way of progress is actually on every single part like I think it's down to just like how you think about your own day-to-day it's the bigger strategy Mm -hmm. everything really and just getting on with it and you've got to be kind of you've got to be on the 
on the wave to be riding it so you've got to just start like a lot of people are like oh god I'm gonna wait until my child's this age or I'm gonna wait until this day and it's like it's almost about like if you're gonna break up with someone like and you have friends that want to break up with someone there's never gonna be a perfect time to do something so just just get on with it and do it I wish I told Rashi that <laughs> one of my friends is oh it's hilarious she, she's gonna kill me if we even talk about this but um <laughs> she'd always have like a reason to like not break up with someone but it would go on for years and then at two she'd be like the poor yeah, girl was too nice Rashi was, was just was too, too lovely sweet. she was too sweet and too lovely for everyone good but oh. I should have said that to her I, I, wish, saw, I wish I'd have known that quote. I wish I had been on the vodka back then. Yeah. I told her the quote. <laughs> I saw a quote the other day and it said, take the risk or lose the chance. And I feel like that's quite fitting that's in so terms of... getting so philosophical. Oh my God, I'm going to have all these... I actually wrote it on my phone as well. That's why I just got my phone <laughs> out. I was like, there's a sign. <laughs> there's a sign. If you don't take the risk, you'll lose the chance. And it's true. Like, timing is so important. <laughs> that's a really good one, but I'm just laughing like you on the vodka too. <laughs> I wasn't on the vodka, I was on a nice stroll on Saturday. <laughs> you know, when you see something and you're like, it's a sign, like it's in front of me. I think me. that's so true, because like, for us, like at the start, people were like, oh, do you want another year's experience or you need to do this? And we were just like, let's just go for it. We've got nothing to lose. And I think just go for it. So I just say, just jump in. Henrietta, what is your second business trip? Probably um, to ask for help as well. Like if you don't know something always like reach out and ask people for their advice like it might be something I know when we first started we were like okay we can't go to the post office every single day with these orders we need to think about logistics we knew absolutely nothing about logistics so I think even if it's just like you do some LinkedIn stalking or you've got a friend of a friend that you can ask or you can research I think always ask for help in areas that isn't your expertise because when you start a business you're a jack of all trades but then you really then need to start getting different people in that can really take things over and I think we were always asking people weren't we all when we first started and we got some great advice so don't be scared like people do genuinely want to help when you just ask I think also with asking for help it can often seem scary and it can make you feel like you should know something but actually you know no one can know everything you need to be people able to like ask to, people actually do like to help yeah people do like to help I agree and we didn't even know what an ERP system was and we have one so <laughs> <laughs> there we go yeah, <laughs> just ask everyone again the ERP system <laughs> don't even know what it stands for so. um Orla what is your second business trick um this is gonna sound like Honestly, like I've really thought about this, but I actually just love this quote. So there's someone that's Kevin that's told me two of these, which I'm going to use again, but I think they're so good and I keep using them like all the time. So um, it's don't worry about the cake in the oven when the house is burning down. <laughs> silence afterwards. <laughs> also, like, don't worry about the cake in the oven. I think what it was. Say? No, no, I'm, I'm just checking oh, yeah, out. Don't what worry about the cake in the oven. Cake in the oven. When the house is burning down. But um, it basically just means... It's like focusing on what really matters rather than worrying about like the unimportant things. So I think it's like about all about prioritizing your time, like what the things is you spend your energy on. I think some things can come flooding in, like hit you right in the face. That's like this is what you feel like you should be, you know, focusing on right now. But actually, there's something else up above that's going to come crashing down in about 30, 30 minutes that's actually more important. So it's just that, it's just that feeling of like making sure you know your priorities and where they lie and where you should and spend being, your time. Um, exactly. Just being clever with your time, I think is key because if you're spending everything just in the little nitty gritty detail, you're not actually thinking of the bigger picture the whole time, which is what you've so, got to yeah. train yourself to be doing the whole time. Yeah. You've got to be like, as us as leaders, like we have to be, you know, steps ahead of everyone else in terms of like what we're planning to do. And I think, if we were the same as everyone else in the team, like there needs to be someone that's like steering it forward. Um, and that can be quite hard because you're kind of dealing with things 
that are currently happening and you're trying to think of things in the future. So I think you really have to make a conscious effort to make sure you split out your time and get better at it. Especially when you start as well, because you don't have the you don't have the money or the investment to be able to be like, right, okay, I'm not going to have a day job. I'm just going to be strategy. Whereas in big companies, there literally are people that will just be directors, strategy, thinking about the future the whole time. Whereas I think when you first start, you have a million day jobs to do as well, as well as strategy. So it's kind of just like being able to, like we were saying earlier, just stepping back and just thinking, okay, what is, what's the bigger picture here? Yeah, I think I'm going to take that slogan. So the cake I know, in the oven. It, I do. I love it. I think it's really yeah, good. Yeah, I think, no, I think it's really good. When really he said rent. it, I was like, oh, that's a great one. I'm definitely nicking it. Writing it down. I didn't down. think I was going to use it for the Plus podcast. Plus it into perspective, but... because if you were in a house yeah. burning down, you wouldn't be worrying about the cake. You'd be like, out there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Just taking apart the slogan. You take all your Rexo from your wardrobe, get yeah. all your Rexo out the house. <laughs> for the third one, have any, would any of you like to share your main bit of advice for the last bit of advice? I definitely, I mean, the one thing I would say is like, you've got to make sure that your finances are in order because it's not a business. And I think sometimes like we spend so much time talking about it being your passion and like following your dreams and stuff. But that's fine if it's, if it doesn't make you money, it can be a hobby. But if you've got them, if you've made it a business, you're like, you're like basically responsible for people's careers, their jobs. You've got to make it a profitable business that actually has like longevity. Or like say, or you've just got to know what you want to set off to do. Like if you want to have investors from day one, like some businesses, startups aren't profitable for five years, which is fine. But if that's that's the way you want to grow the business, then then that's fine. But yeah. I think we don't have investors or anything. So Ola and I have always just been really careful with our cash flow. And I think as well, like you can negotiate pretty much most things in life. Like you've just got to become a negotiator. If you don't have any money to play with, you've got to be creative about the way you do things. Yeah, like our supplier, when we first started we got like payment terms of like 60 days which is pretty much unheard of of your new business but we basically said well we'll actually work to you guys for free so I was like their design director in like inverted commas like on on a business card so I was helping they were both didn't have great English and find it quite difficult to kind of communicate with like buyers in the UK so we were helping basically them grow their business for free there wasn't like there wasn't a contract written up but we knew that our cash flow was like so important so like because we had thought of it, thought of that from day one, we had put this like proposition to them and actually they were like, yeah, that sounds great. Like we'll give you extra payment terms. And so we were there like doing up mid boards, redesigning their like, we were interior designing their office, <laughs> doing all these. Not, and that's the thing, it wasn't built on, here's a contract, this is what we expect. It was just built, built on trust. It was all on trust. Yeah, it was on trust. So basically we just, in the first probably year or two years, we work with with our suppliers, like technically working for them in order to get what we wanted. So we could never have done it without that. But what we did have was time. So we were willing to give our time in the day and our experience that they didn't necessarily have or any contacts that we had through buying. Mm-hmm. And then they could help us with payment terms. Um, and then we had that pop up as well. And we'd set ourselves a target every day of what we needed to pay the bills. <laughs> because basically in January, we're like, right, the bill's coming up. We've got it. Like, we've got to like make this money every day. So we were like giving it the proper hard sell because we had it in our heads that we like needed to make this money to get the bill paid so you've just got to be like as hard as it is you've got to be like clued up on like what you want your like kind of financial side to look like and I think it's easy to forget like 
when now it's all like, okay, everything's great. Like Rick said, from an outsider's point of view, might seem brilliant. But I think it's always when we talk to our families and our like mums and stuff, and people are like, they've no idea what you and Ola went through at the start. Like I literally remember every single night finishing that pop up, locking it up, and I was probably like, I remember one night just like literally crying my eyes out, being exhausted, and then being like, we only saw one dress today. We can't afford to pay the rent. We can't afford what we get. Like why have we done this? Why have we set this up? So it is like you do have those hard times. So I think for anyone that's setting it up, it's not easy. Like it's just not, and like. If it was, everyone would be doing it, and there's a reason why everyone isn't doing it because it takes a lot. And like, there's a reason as why why I don't know what the exact stat is, but like, X amount of businesses that start up fail within the first two years because it's tough. It's not it's not easy. But I think me and Laura are so lucky. We say thank God every single day. I'm like, we had each other to keep each other going. So like, when I'd have a bad day, all of my have a good day, or vice versa. If all is like really worried about something, I'd be like, right, okay, come on, we'll be fine. Like, put a brave face on. Um, I think that ties in nicely with the last question of this whole series is what would you say to anyone that was about to start up a business? I think to be be realistic, I think be prepared because it's not, it's not all singing and dancing. It's not, there are, especially when you're first starting it up, like it is, it is really tough. So I'd just say like, be prepared. <laughs> I'm like scared to fight with another quote. You just get rolled <laughs> off the top. To, to end end one? I do actually have another one. It's on the tip of my tongue to say, should, but I honestly. End, no, let's end the podcast this, with this a quote. This podcast is not sponsored by vodka, by the way. <laughs> it's like, What's the final quote of the series? Um, I like things shouldn't fit into a perfect box. I think sometimes, like when you envision your brand and envision how things would be, you have this like perfect scenario of everything, and it can be quite like derailing if you're so set in ways but like one of our like values at Rixo is about being agile and I think that's something that we've like really understood what made us successful in the first couple of like startup years is that we just always found ways to like redo things if something didn't work out we just got on with it and didn't go oh that didn't work we were like right okay we'll, we'll change that or we just made things work we just were quite agile things didn't always like work out in the most smoothest way but we just got on with it and didn't let it didn't let it derail us and probably to end on one story just to but just when it comes to being agile like, and things don't fit into a perfect box I remember we had no warehouse to start off with and we were shipping all the wholesale orders and the e-com orders from our living room and all the stock was there pretty much um tell the full story and when we were getting <laughs> when we were getting all the boxes delivered from our suppliers they'd come to the front door and I remember once like you'd order them but then you'd just be doing it on a laptop and you were fine or talking to the supplier you didn't actually think how many boxes it was going to be and this massive van pulled out the house and I remember thinking oh my god what is that and I was like that is not all the stuff we've got and it all got delivered in these massive cardboard boxes and we were like we need to stuff it into the, the house somewhere like every single corner of the house was just we actually said one day we were like well, we'll just hire a van we'll fill the van we'll just put the van outside the house and we'll fill it up with stock and like we were just like dead against like getting a warehouse at this point because we didn't have the money to do it so we were like yeah we'll bullshit on top of the house like, it was like any way to like get the stock so all you bunked in with Gemma all his twin sister who was living as living with us at the time I moved my twin sister upstairs and we made my bedroom into a stock room 
and then she got a boyfriend within like a couple of like oh, she hadn't had a boyfriend she, had, she was single ages. for like two years <laughs> and then I was like oh that's fine like I usually always like slept in with her anyway because we'd always want to be cuddle in the middle of the night aside so and a boyfriend no, no. Oh, oh, no. Like, oh, yeah. I she never had out. a boyfriend and then the time when Ola lost her bedroom because we made it a stock room yeah. Ola was like it's fine for like a week or two because it was only like this one velvet dress that wasn't as thin as the silk dresses so it literally just took, took, the, took full, up the whole house my whole bedroom was just full of boxes so we we like genuinely you couldn't sleep in the room like it was just a stock room so I had to like ping around the rooms and like then I'd go in with like one housemate one day and then with Henry another day and it was like it was like and then all my stuff was just in boxes in the hallway and I I remember thinking like this it just became a way I remember thinking there was one point when we were ready to move out of the house we just so outgrown it I was like this is just not sustainable like I had I just had didn't even know where clothes were. Everything was in boxes. It was it was horrid. But you just it was. like it was like you said. You just you just have to get on with it. And then I think because there was no other option, you're like, yeah, it's fine. Like you just we just always find it. I think we were yeah. very resilient, just finding ways. Like we didn't create the problem. Going, oh, we don't have a warehouse. What we're we gonna do? Should we go out now and spend a fortune on it? We just were like, oh, we'll figure it out when it, when it comes. We'll like figure Literally, it out. Literally, when it comes to the front door, we'll figure it out. We were like. <laughs> thinking all these boxes and I was like oh my god like genuinely <laughs> the neighbours must have been thinking like all the what packaging is going on was in my room in the, in the wardrobe oh yeah up above <laughs> I forgot about that we had all this packaging as well because we needed all the packaging for the e-com orders and for the wholesale orders so <gasps> the stock was all downstairs my room was literally coming down with Rammed like with Rick's green bags random green bags packaging tissue paper that. stickers oh god we were like living in living in they were all above house. the kitchen cupboards too do you remember yeah. So funny. It was literally coming down. Like the house could have fallen down with that much stuff in it. But I think I think just going back to kind of like it just I think if you're passionate about something, you just make it work. You just say yes and figure out a problem when when you have to. Yeah. I feel like I'm uh, feel like I'm ready to start a business. Sorry, <laughs> I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> I'm not leaving. You've I'll, taken all our quotes and you're running. <laughs> I'm gonna start a quote business. <laughs> um thank you so much for sharing your tips and advice yeah. and tricks with everyone. Everyone enjoyed it. Yes. Well, thank you everyone for listening um, and we're excited to like record some more and we hope you've enjoyed the series as well because we know we're ending we're ending on this note bye bye everyone bye, bye everyone bye. thanks so much for listening to Ola and I and make sure you subscribe to the podcast to hear more this podcast is produced by ampix.uk and music produced by larkrisemusic.com music.com